power on. The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech Podcast feed. It's TIE Fighter Renegades, a Star Wars podcast. Ooh, it is a hot one on Ice Planet Zero. Uh, <laughs> so if you hear a humming in the background, that is the, the mighty air conditioner in Rob's museum. And boy, am I surrounded. Here to talk Star Wars, folks, because of course this is TIE Fighter Renegades. And man, I am just surrounded by Star Wars greatness in this museum. It is really something special. Someday... Maybe we'll share some pictures. But anyway, I am, of course, recording on my trusty, dusty H1N. And we have got a review to get into, baby. Uh, this is coming hot off the heels of my recent review of the War of the Bounty Hunters uh, comic book series, which ran through a huge chunk, uh, really, of, of, of 2021. And 2022 has been followed up by what's really turning into a trilogy, but was followed up by a comic crossover series by Marvel uh, called Crimson Reign. And it is absolutely a direct sequel to the events of War of the Bounty Hunters. Now, I want to talk about this, and I'll open up just as I did with War of the Bounty Hunters to say that, frankly, what's happening in the comic books not so much, well, we'll save conversations around the High Republic for a future episode. But what's happening in the comic books is easily the best and most exciting Star Wars regularly being pumped out today in 2022. Uh, I mean, this is, I loved War of the Bounty Hunters. Uh, Crimson Rain did not disappoint uh, on any marks from what was already done in War of the Bounty Hunters. Again, this is a direct sequel. And this series, Crimson Rain, is actually going is being followed up by, and spoiler alerts, of course, but it's being followed up by what uh, the character of Kira said at the end of Crimson Rain issue number five, which was the final issue of that the main series of this crossover series. Um, you know, her hidden empire. And in August we will start getting um, the Hidden Empire uh, crossover series, or at least I assume it's going to be a crossover series. I'm not 100% clear on that, because the comics that have come out throughout July, um, be it in the Dr. Aphra, the Darth Vader, Star Wars Volume 2, um, in the Bounty Hunter series, the last issue for each of those was not directly Crimson Reign related. I mean... It's dealing with the aftermath, of course, but they're like they didn't have exactly that Crimson Rain moniker. So I'm not sure if this is actually going to be a big crossover event like, um, you know, War of the Bounty Hunters and Crimson Rain were. But I'd be totally fine if it is. And that again, that series will be end up end up being called Hidden Empire. Now, this trilogy, that being again, War of the Bounty Hunters, Crimson Rain and then Hidden Empire is Again, like I said with War of the Bounty Hunters, this is Disney's Shadows of the Empire, right? If you remember Shadows of the Empire by Steve Perry, not that Steve Perry, the other Steve Perry. <laughs> if you remember Shadows of the Empire, um, you know, by, uh, by Steve Perry, who did the novel, then, of course, Shadows of the Empire, again, was a transmedia event where there were there was a video game and being joined by Dexter here in the studio. <laughs> um, but there was a video game 
as well as um, you had a comic book series. In fact, there was a sequel comic book series. Um, there was even you know uh, an audio CD uh, making of book. Yes, a making of book about a book. <laughs> uh, there was there was also an art book. Yeah, for a book and well, kind of related to the comic books. But Shadows of the Empire was a huge deal. Uh, back in the 90s when that first came out. Something that seemingly had George Lucas's blessing um, as much as any, you know, Star Wars uh, fiction outside of the films or TV would. Um, this is Disney's, like, answer to that. And, you know, opening this up, I mean, per, for me, one of the most exciting things to come out of it is finally the direct mention of Prince Shizor, who is a, you know, the, the, the Falin character, uh, who's the head of the Black Sun Syndicate from Shad, who was introduced in Shadows of the Empire, also met his end in Shadows of the Empire. Um, now, there have been, you know, uh, like visual dictionaries and other reference material for Star Wars since Disney took over for the new canon, as we call it, that I believe have referenced, and I have it all, uh, <laughs> and I've read most of it, you know, maybe not the interesting facts book, but I've read most of it. Um, there might have been mentions of Shizor in some of that, but really when I think it gets serious is when Disney allows a character to, at the very least, get mentioned um, in an actual storyline, not just in a, uh, you know, in reference material, you know, not just in like an encyclopedia or something like that, because frankly, and hey, believe me, I'm as pissed off at Disney about this as anyone else. There have been multiple occasions since Disney took over where, again, and everything's supposed to be canon, but where new canon reference material has been contradicted in the stories told. I mean, the stories have contradicted themselves at times, too, even though Disney was supposed to keep this shit straight. Clearly, they're not. But regardless, when it's finally in some kind of a story, it gets more exciting. Similarly, uh, something that I will be reviewing soon, which is the novel Shadows of the Sith uh, that just came out in June, in Shadows of the Sith, we finally get mention of Darth Revan. Darth Revan, of course, the, the character from the Knights of the Old Republic video games. Um, we've Now, Revan's been mentioned in, you know, reference material, in, in like visual dictionaries, but he's never really been mentioned directly in a story. Now he finally is in a novel. Similarly, this is the case with Prince Shizor, um, where, you know, he's mentioned... Uh, like and and directly threatened, you know, by by Kira, uh, in. You know, in the comic series of of uh, you know of Crimson Rain, now, I'm hoping that he ends up showing up in Hidden Hidden Empire, because we what we do know from the Crimson Rain, uh, the main comic series, which went five issues, a five issue miniseries, but again bled into Darth Vader and everything else, and you know Doctor Aphra and all that. Is So one of the characters that is part of the Crimson Dawn uh, organization that Kira runs, and of course Kira is the character from uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story, um, one of the characters that works with her is a woman uh, called the Archivist. And the Archivist opens up issue one of Crimson Reign saying, you know, Kira is the most amazing woman, blah, 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 blah. But this is not a story of praise. This is a story of tragedy. So we know... <laughs> And, I mean, we kind of know from at least some of what we know from Return of the Jedi and post-Return of the Jedi that, or at the very least, it seems like Crimson Dawn is not a part of the program. 
So something bad's got to happen here. I don't know what, but something bad's got to happen here. Uh, and I would be totally on board if Prince Shizor comes in and says, I'm sick of your shit, you know, to, to Kira. And, you know, the Black Sun ends up wiping out uh, the Crimson Dawn. I mean, there's even like, there's kind of like beautiful, I, I could already, you know, see this, the script for this and some of the dialogue where there's arguments over who, you know, because you have Crimson Dawn, right, which is a sun. Um, and then you have, you know, the Black Sun. And, you know, there could even be jokes about there can only be one star or something like that. Or not jokes, but, you know, jabs, uh, which which I could really dig. Um, I'd be totally on board with, because we know that, that you know, the, the Falene uh, species, you know, they're a lizard race. Um, they can give off pheromones that can assist in the seducing of, uh, of human beings. And I'd be fine if, you know, something along that lines happened, similar to what happened in Shadows of the Empire, where uh, Prince Shizor was, you know, seducing Princess Leia. Um, and I, I mean, I have to say, because the comic books, in my opinion, have not shied away from the uh, from more adult uh, themes, which I applaud. Um, that's worked out very well. Certainly in the Dr. Afra comics, it's uh, a little more blatant. And, you know, again, that's that's OK. But that's just a bit of a prediction on my part that that could be um, what's coming. There are certainly plenty of other characters, uh, powerful characters that I think could come in and really fuck with uh, Kira's, you know, little insurgency, her conspiracy with her hidden empire. Again, whatever that exactly means. Um, I, I mean, like real quick, I'm not surprised at all that she didn't call it her Crimson Empire. Uh, because that, of course, would confuse things with the phenomenal comic book series, uh, which also ended up being effectively its own trilogy, or at least yet one and two, um, of Crimson Empire, which was where, like, Kyrkanos and other characters that were part of the Emperor's Royal Guard after Return of the Jedi end up creating, like, their own version of the Empire. It, I mean, those are some of my favorite comics of all time. So I'm actually, I applaud her calling it her Hidden Empire, not her Crimson Empire. But anyway, I mean, the, you know, the interesting thing is, okay, well, wait, I got to go back <laughs> and finish what I was saying. There are plenty of powerful characters to, to do the deed here, you know, to finish off what Crimson Dawn is trying to do. Um, you have, and this is one of the best parts of this whole Crimson, uh, Crimson Rain uh, miniseries, is Sabe, of course, who we know survived much of, or, you know, who survived the, the Jedi Purge who survived through the prequel era and into the, uh, you know, Imperial era. Uh, and she's working with Vader now. And honestly, I think it's amazing. And I want to bring this up because I think some people might have critiques of this. So Sabe, of course, handmaiden to Padme Amidala back in the day. And in, you know, in episode one was played by Kiara Knightley. Um, I've brought her up recently in reviews, the character of Sabe saying, I would be totally on board if she ended up living well past Return of the Jedi and they ended up doing a movie or TV series around her and bring in Kira Knightley, you know, to, to, to play the part like that, that'd be fantastic. Um, but I don't know if we're going to get that. And, you know, she might meet her doom as well, because again, right now she's working directly with Vader. Now she knows Sabe knows and finds out throughout Crimson Reign. She recognizes that Vader based upon things that he says, and does that he's Anakin Skywalker and she confronts him with as much fearlessly at that. It's really badass. 
just Sabe has become a phenomenal character. Uh, in fact, I said this before during, I think I was reviewing the Queen's trilogy of books by E.K. Johnston, where I said, it's like, honestly, Sabe is becoming a better character than Padme ever was. Um, not that I'm necessarily knocking the character of Padme, but I'm just saying that like Sabe's really come full circle here and it become a very rich character. Uh, now some people may say, but wait a minute, Stallion, you said in yours and Rob's review of Obi-Wan Kenobi that you thought it was ridiculous and preposterous that Reva or really that anyone knows that Vader is Anakin Skywalker outside of, of course, Tarkin's suspicions of it, as well as Thrawn's um, suspicions of it. Well, here's the thing. The problem is that Reva has no like pedigree and doesn't have the history. And they sure as fuck didn't write a good one to even try to convince us of it to, you know, she's not powerful enough, a character. She doesn't have enough history in the saga to be somebody that we would, you know, like that I think deserves to have that kind of ultimately that kind of power, which that is knowledge is power and having that knowledge, you know, the best kept secret in, in the Star Wars galaxy, um, like she didn't earn it is the point. As to where Sabe absolutely earned it, because here's a character who's been there the whole way, knew Padme better than anybody, arguably even better than Anakin Skywalker. Um, she's got all the pedigree she needs and, you know, is a character that has been so well written over the past few years that uh, you believe it. And you, you also like believe that, okay, Vader wouldn't kill this character or whatever. I mean, like it, it just, it works. It works really well. And her effectively siding with Vader and kind of joining the empire and wanting to bring order to the universe, her reasoning, unlike Riva, Sabe's reasoning makes perfect sense. And full credit to Greg Pak, who is just slaying it on writing uh, with the Darth Vader comic and has been for a while now. Um, and of course, Charles Soule with his, I mean, those two guys are really bringing this whole comic universe together for Star Wars and it's working exceptionally well. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And her like, you know, putting on kind of like quasi stormtrooper armor and everything. Like, I mean, it, it just works. Um, it's also great to get more of Ochi of Bestoon, who's been a major character throughout this. Also a character in the Shadows of the Sith novel that I'm presently reading. Um, I, you know, look, I, I'm just going to give you like a, like a clue in with, with Shadows of the Sith. Um, it, it's very rare that I recommend people read a Star Wars book because they've been so lackluster, uh, or a lot of them have been lackluster as late. Uh, Shadows of the Sith, I mean, if I were to give you a quick review here, Shadows of the Sith is the novel that the Aftermath trilogy should have been um, when those came out in like 2013, 2014, and so on. Like, this is this is the sequel to Return of the Jedi we really should have gotten, or at least in a lot of ways. So take that for what you will. I'm not going to say it's a perfect book. I'm still getting through some of it, but um, everything's coming together really nicely. Like, a lot of what you learn about Ochi of Bestoon and so on, uh, plays well into the Shadows of the Sith novels. So you really want to get that full picture by reading the comics as well as the novels at present. Um, anyway, so something else that, uh, well, well, yeah, like I said with Sabe, she's in that, in my opinion, she's in that level of character like Tarkin and Thrawn where, okay, yeah, these are characters powerful enough and that like are actually a 
match, as it were, for Vader, that you know they they can hold the knowledge of who Vader is, and again, and it makes sense. With with Reva, I mean, that just wasn't so. And it made it was bad writing, and it just didn't make any sense from the get go. And even her, what she did with that knowledge made even less sense. Um, as to where you know what, <laughs> what what does Sabe do again? She joins Vader. Real really kick ass stuff. Um, I guess while we're talking about the dark side here, uh, some other great dark side elements to this and things that just like experiencing more of Ochi of Bestoon, again, who's a major plot point for Rise of Skywalker, the movie, and it's good to have that make more sense. Something else that is starting to make more sense, you get more of the Knights of Ren, which you find out have been a dark side organization for centuries at least. Um, and they they really, they, they click in this, they work. Um, of course, you got more of them in the Kylo Ren comic, uh, that came out uh, before The Rise of Skywalker, um, you know, was released. But I love what they're doing with the Knights of Ren in this and explaining more of how they use the dark side and what they are. And as you experience more of them, and you're going to get more of them in the Hidden Empire, pretty much guaranteed, as you experience more of the Knights of Ren, you kind of see that they end up taking, and have always wanted to, they end up taking place, the place of the Sith. And so they're filling in in... You know, the sequel trilogy, they're effectively filling in the vacuum that is the lack of dark side users. That that's that's more or less what you discover. I'm not gonna say it's perfect, but I will give Disney credit and and certainly War of the Bounty Hunters and Crimson Rain have been have been really, really, you know, uh, working at this, as well as shows like The Mandalorian and so on, where they are creating the backstory that we really fucking needed for the sequel trilogy to make any kind of sense. Now, the easiest thing would have been for Disney to have a vision for what a trilogy of movies, what the story was going to be. We didn't get that. That would have been the easiest thing to do. That would have been great, but that didn't happen. But in the aftermath, no pun intended, we are getting the plot holes and everything else. Everything else is getting in and plot points are getting filled in. Um, and more or less... I like what's being put down. More or less, it's working. Um, there are other great moments throughout Crimson Reign, uh, a lot of which has nothing to do with, ultimately, with Crimson, with the Crimson Dawn, you know, the organization. Um, I have been loving what Charles Soule is doing with uh, the Volume 2 of the Star, main Star Wars comic, and you've been getting a lot of this, this another, you know, again, another powerful character, and also what I appreciate, another powerful female character. I mean, this is something else that's amazing here, and I, I've actually applauded Disney for this since 2013. Like, they have doubled the amount of female characters in Star Wars, not doubled, they've exponentially increased the amount of female Star Wars characters. Um, I mean, and they did that almost overnight, and I applaud them for that, because if you're a longtime Star Wars fan, you know like, we didn't really get another, like, kick-ass female Star Wars character with depth until what? Heir to the Empire in the 90s with like Mara Jade, right? <laughs> like that, that, that's how long we, in winter, you know, like that, that's how long we had to wait. Um, even when we got the prequel trilogy, you know, George Lucas didn't bring in a ton of female characters. You basically got Padme. Yeah, you got Shmi, but it's been lackluster as to where Disney's just letting them come right in. I mean, this... This whole, you know, uh, trilogy that, that we're talking about, comic book trilogy that we're talking about here, is in many ways the story of Princess Leia, Sabe, 
more so than even Vader, Sabe, as well as Kira. I mean, they're the heavy hitters. And then add on to that, who's the heavy hitter for the Empire outside of Vader? The heavy hitter there is none other than, uh, uh, well, if you've been reading Volume 2 of Star Wars, you know this character, that being Commander Zara. Commander Zara is the uh, uh, captain, leader of the Tarkin's Will, the Star Destroyer, the Tarkin's Will, which was the Star Destroyer that was near the Death Star when it exploded, and they never really repaired it. Never, anyway, it, if you're into the Empire, it's pretty cool. Um, she was trained. She's a protege of Grand Moff Tarkin, and very similar to uh, the character of Admiral Dalla from, uh, from the old Expanded Universe. And I have no problem with this, that they kind of rewrote the character. Um, but she's, she's very much the Admiral Dalla of you know, of, 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 you know, the new canon from Disney. Uh, and I totally dig that because again, Admiral Dalla, they, they kind of botched up a bit. Um, I think Zara as a character is fantastic. And in Crimson Reign, she gets to do some of her best work. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> and for those that have read it, you know, um, when she's outsmarting the rebels who are trying to like rescue that last rebel division, you know, on a far off planet that they have to find, um, and when she makes the Star Destroyer dive down to the planet and then like just before crashing into the planet, she's diving straight towards the rebel in, uh, encampment you know, on this planet. And then she pulls up and has the thrusters of the Star Destroyer just light the entire rebel base on fire and just level it. Fuck, that was great shit. <laughs> I was blown out. I was like, oh my holy shit, she's going to do it. She's going to do it. And she did it. And then, you know, I, like, I totally dig how she's, you know, always going after with the sword and, you know, really leads from the front and everything. Um, just another great, you know, Imperial leader character, much like Tarkin before her, Grand Admiral Thrawn. You know, you think like uh, like General Tag, you know, and, and Admiral Piet, uh, who, of course, got his great moments in War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, it like th the comic books are doing a fantastic job of creating villains that you believe that have the history you want that, you know, and they're selling them and they work and you totally get like commander Zara taking on princess Leia. Again, you buy it. It works. You believe it. And attaching her to the character of Tarkin, all these things just, just really, really sell. Um, and it, it's so funny to read because it's in such stark contrast to the shitty characters, frankly, that we get introduced to in a lot of Star Wars television, particularly the character of Reva, which, again, bad writing, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, doesn't think things through. Like, it just, it just you don't buy it. It doesn't work. Um, so I'm so glad that the comic books are treating these characters right. Um, I, I'm, I'm really, really digging what's, what's being brought on here. Uh, and so, you know, I love it. And, and I don't really see any complaints from the fans like I do with TV shows and movies of Star Wars. I don't see any complaints from the fans of, oh, wow, what they're doing in the comics. This is crazy. I, you know, so again, you know, yes, there are asshole Star Wars fans. I'm not going to say there isn't. But no one's really complaining about female characters because they're female. They're complaining that these characters aren't written well and aren't believable because in the comic books, these characters are absolutely written well and believable. I mean, to say nothing of like, 
you know, and just to prove that point, even when it's in a movie, it's okay because the character of Kira, um, I don't know that anybody complained about the character of Kira. Sure, they might have complained about the movie solo overall and that it was pointless or this or that, but nobody was, I don't think was any, I don't think anybody was really complaining about the character of Kira. So anyway, uh, the, yeah, this, this really works. And there's a great moment of realization, um, where Vader is actually, speaking of Kira, where Vader is talking to the Emperor. And he says, you know, how, like, because suddenly the Crimson Dawn becomes a thorn in the side, and that's ultimately where the series ends, is the Empire is finally saying, okay, enough of the shenanigans, we need to wipe out, you know, Crimson Dawn. Like, this has to be brought to an end. Um, but Vader confronts the Emperor and says that, like, in the fight that he had with Kira... Um, which was one of the highlights for me for War of the Bounty Hunters that I talked about in my review on TIE Fighter Renegades previously, um, that her fighting style seemed very similar to the Emperor's. And they both kind of realized, oh shit, what could this mean? And they both just look at each other and say, Maul. You know, and they realize that this gal must have been trained by Maul. Uh, and I'm interested to see where that's going to go. And frankly, I'm hoping for a moment in Hidden Empire where... Kira gets to take on the Emperor himself, and I would love to see what Sheev does in this era, you know, hopefully more than just shooting lightning from his fingertips, you know, what, how he can actually fight in this era between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, where this entire story is taking place. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's just, there's a million great moments in this. The characters that they bring in are, you know, all at their A-game. Uh, again, I love having the Knights of Ren involved, um, along with some others. Even in the Dr. Aphra series, what we're getting with, with Sonostaros, and Dr. Aphra, of course, is a central character in this whole thing, um, including Domina Tag. This is a character I haven't talked about. She kind of started taking center stage in, um, in War of the Bounty Hunters, where she's the head of the Tag Corporation, which is seemingly the, like, Microsoft or Amazon or whatever you want to call it, um, of, you know, the Star Wars galaxy and another badass character. Again, that adding in of so many female characters, not only that, they are dominant female characters, um, in the story and they're, they are large and in charge. And it's really, really wonderful to get that in Star Wars because we just, we had a dearth of that you know, uh, for decades in Star Wars, where these kinds of characters just, I mean, just, it just wasn't a thing. So, um, yeah, you're, you're getting a lot of them, Dr. Aphra. Also, really cool, Commander Tolvin is coming back. Uh, you know, kind of a fan favorite character from the Dr. Aphra series. Uh, and love. she's a love interest to uh, Dr. Aphra. It looks like she'll be coming back for the Hidden Empire series which I completely applaud. Uh, great character at the time. Another one of those great uh, Imperial characters that you totally believe, and that is a successful villain, uh, even though it's a villain character, you know, that would end up turning to a degree. Uh, again, in this case, you got enough of her as the villain that when the turn happened, you, you went with it, you believed it, and it wasn't like a fifth mission affair like we got with Aiden Versio, right, in Battlefront 2. Um so there, there's no real missteps here, uh, in my opinion. And I'm very excited for everything they're hinting at. And certainly I hope some of my predictions come true, but if they don't, um, I really do have confidence in what Charles soul and Greg pack, um, are putting down, um, for, you know, for this trilogy. 
Uh, and I am very curious where they're going to go next. Uh, I mean, there's certainly stories to explore um, in, you know, overall between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and events that happened just before Return of the Jedi. For example, seeing Luke build his lightsaber. Now, we had a deleted scene from Return of the Jedi where he did that, but maybe we can get more of that in this. Um, we know that there's hints of Yoda getting involved at this point, and in fact, maybe he gets injured and that's why he ends up dying in Return of the Jedi during the Hidden Empire saga, because Kira wants him, you know, like wants him to be a part of, uh, you know, the Crimson Dawn, which is odd, but I'll reserve judgment until I see what, what they do with that. Um, there's other things. Now, there was already a novel before The Force Awakens came out that was part of the new canon that explored how they got Shuttle Tiderian for Return of the Jedi, which is the land class shuttle they use to, you know, get to Endor in the movie. Um, I was a little worried they were going to contradict that book because there is uh, where, where the character of Shara Bay, um, she ends up like stealing a shuttle to escape Tarkin's will and the, you know, the Star Destroyer. And I was kind of worried they were going to say that that shuttle Tiderian, which wouldn't fit with the canon that we already have. But maybe they could turn that novel into a comic book. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm just saying that there's things we know that have to set up what happens in Return of the Jedi uh, that could still occur in the comic books. So where are the comic books going to go next? Because again, you only have a year's time span between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, I'm okay for them to start going post-Return of the Jedi, you know, like directly after that. In fact, I'm actually excited for that. I think most fans are. That's what we've always wanted. Um, but, and, and I mean, we're getting plenty of that with The Mandalorian and other things anyway. But like, as far as the comic books, like they've already explored between uh, the original trilogy, between the movies of the original trilogy, you can really only go beyond it. Again, there's a little more to explore before Return of the Jedi, but not much. So I'm guessing in 2023, we're finally going to get past um, you know, that movie and we'll, we'll see where, where things go. And really, you know, if they keep, again, if they keep the same creative teams and I know they can't keep them forever, but if you keep Charles soul and Greg pack rolling with this stuff, uh, obviously the Darth Vader series would have to come to an end, but if they want to morph the Darth Vader series into a Sabe comic book, it, you know, even if we're not going to get a TV series or a movie out of that character, if we could get more adventures of her and the Amidalans or whatever, uh, I, I'm there. Like, I'm totally up for, for that comic book. Um, because anybody that's reading the Darth Vader comic, I would have to assume would be excited about a Sabe comic. You know, because the character has just worked so well. And even if Sabe stayed, like, more of an evil character, quote-unquote evil, and was on this mission of bringing order, I, I think that could be interesting. I could dig it. So, anyway... Uh, that's that's just some predictions of what might end up happening in the future. Again, I don't really know, you know, that any of this is going to occur, but I'd love for it to do so. But the Crimson Rain comic book series, which ran again from like, uh, let's see, the end of 2021, well into just now, just into July of 2022. Um, I mean, it's it, it's a it's a real treat. I mean, just some great moments, kick-ass characters, everything you want out of Star Wars. You get the battles, you get the. Um, again, more quotable uh, moments. You get great exploration of characters that you've known for decades. Um, I think it even brings a lot of depth to Darth Vader, this whole thing. 
Uh, I yeah, I mean I, I am enjoying the shit out of it. And one of the you know just just to, to bring this, while I miss the old expanded universe, and as good as all this stuff is, it's still not as good as much as what was done in the old expanded universe. Okay, uh, the new canon will probably never live up to that. But that said, it's not like the old expanded universe was perfect. Mistakes were made. As, uh, as, as MVG would say, right? As a modern vintage gamer would say. Um, mistakes were made. For example, you killed off so many great characters. Like, they killed off, um, you know, Thrawn way too early. Uh, I mean, there's just, there's a slew of characters that we lost so soon um, that they can really repair that, I think, and allow characters, or like Prince Shizor, killed him off way too soon. I mean, in one book, you know, and if you keep these characters alive, you could make the galaxy post-Return of the Jedi a lot more interesting than what Disney has done so far. Um, so I am hoping, I mean, we already know Thrawn is living, effectively living past what was originally set up in the old expanded universe. I am hoping Disney resolves those mistakes. And if they do, if we get more adventures of these characters that I've enjoyed for decades, like Thrawn, like Shizor, uh, even if it's like Commander Zara, who's more of an Admiral Dalla character, uh, just improved. Um, you know, if they can keep doing things with these characters, like I I'm there and, and I will applaud the new canon for giving us that with these incredible fictional creations. So I will wrap, I'll wrap it up with that. Uh, again, I highly recommend, especially if you already went and read War of the Bounty Hunters after my review, Crimson Rain does not disappoint. Just keep on writing. I hope they stick the landing with Hidden Empire. I'm going to assume they will, but we'll see. And of course, I will review it here. Um, that's it for this episode of TIE Fighter Renegades. Uh, nice little solo episode. We'll have Rob back on very soon, and I will see all of you woo, on the other side. <laughs>